Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is the Wall Builder Show. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator, hanging out here with David and Tim Barton. David's, of course, America's premier historian. If you've ever seen any video with David in it, if you've had the privilege of hearing him live in an audience, uh, you know uh, the man's got more information in that brain about the history of America and about the Founding Fathers than any living human being. So it's always, always a privilege to get to work here with David. And then, of course, Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and uh, president of Wall Builders and, and essentially a clone of David. I mean, let's be honest. Look, he's got the same brain. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I'm really at a disadvantage here on the program with these guys. Uh, no, it is so cool to be able to just learn so much about history and the Constitution and the Bible. I mean, these guys have that information in their heads and they've educated so many Americans on this. I, I can't tell you how many members of Congress and state legislators and people in public office I've met that said I ran for office because of wall builders, because of something I learned from David or Tim Barton, because of something that uh, was, was you know, encouraged or enlightened me or really woke me up about the history of our country and the role that Christians should play in the culture. It's just a, a great impact that wall builders has had, literally rebuilding the walls. I mean, that's what this organization does. We're rebuilding the walls so that we may no longer be able to approach. We're bringing back the foundation. We're rebuilding those principles. That's what it's all about. And of course, those principles we talk about on Thursdays. Hope you caught yesterday's program for Foundations of Freedom Thursday. And then today, of course, we're getting into some of that good news. All right, David and Tim, time for some good news this week. In fact, I was just looking at uh, a text somebody sent me uh, yesterday saying, man, I love it when y'all do Good News Friday. It gives me a, a good encouragement. This was somebody I didn't even know listened to our program, guys. So um, I think I think folks uh, enjoy the encouragement. So, David, get us started, man. What's our first piece of good news today? Well, this, this relates to a, a battle that's been going on now for a number of years, and we have another victory in that battle and it is the victory that deals with LGBTQIA plus and their uh, their practice of just absolutely demanding that everybody else affirm who they are and capitulate to their beliefs. And so this latest one comes out of what's called Title IX. And Title IX is a provision that was passed by Congress back in 1972 to make sure that there was women's sports. And so women's sports, this is this is what's allowed, you know, the protection for women's basketball at colleges, women's swimming teams, and women's everything else. Biden administration came out and redefined women to mean gender orientation, identity, whatever you want to call it. You can decide what a woman is instead of a biological decision. So with that, what you had was a whole bunch of um, LGBTQIA plus individuals that sued colleges, um, Christian colleges, because Christian colleges, there is a provision that says you cannot force a, a, a religious person to violate their religious beliefs on things like this. And so there's a, a lot of Christian colleges and universities that, that have women's sports, but they don't include LGBTQIA plus transgender identifying individuals within that. It's biological. And so there's a, a bunch of, of these individuals that filed suit against these Christian colleges and saying, hey, have, letting them have an exception not to affirm and not to accept and not to support what we do, that, that's unconstitutional. And the courts came back and said, no, it's not. Uh, religion actually is a very important part of the Constitution, and not forcing someone to participate in your, your behavior or your beliefs doesn't mean that that's discrimination. And I, I think that's, this is such a really big thing now because we've talked about this in previous programs, but Genesis 19 and Judges 19 both show that from the very beginning, LGBTQI plus groups, 
they don't just want to coexist with everybody else. They want everybody else to affirm them and to to support them and to come alongside them and participate with what they do. And it's, you know, for the course to say you don't have to do that. I mean, just think of the, the logic of saying we demand that all Democrats affirm all Republicans or that all progressives affirm all all conservatives or that all Texans affirm all Californians or whatever. We would never do that in any other or, field. Or, or that all atheists uh, can uh, affirm, uh, you know, people of faith and Christians. And the, that's they right. Have to or, celebrate you know, our faith when they think we, you know, are crazy for believing what we believe. That's right. Or, or Muslims affirm Christians or Christians affirm Muslims. You know, we're going to let people do their, their thing, but we're not going to participate in it. We don't have to agree with it. We don't have to affirm it to, to make them feel good about themselves. So, you know, that's just kind of interesting to me how how adamant they are. And this goes back to, again, Genesis 19, Judges 19, the first time we kind of see these groups appear back at the very beginning. From that time, they were demanding that everybody else participate with them. It wasn't enough to just live and let live. It was, you got to participate with, and it has not changed. That spirit has not changed across the millennia. It's still going now. And that's what we're seeing. So here's a federal court. And this this federal court, this is actually the Ninth Circuit that, that came up with this decision. They said, no, you can't force religious groups, religious colleges to conform to your views. They have a religious exemption, and that is constitutional, and that's right, and that's strong. So it's a really good decision coming out of the courts, and it's just it's really good to see this. But it's still a good warning for everybody else. Once you get something like this started in your school, don't expect it to end just because you allow a presence they're going to go further and further and further, and they've done this. That's what all these court cases are about. That's what Jack Phillips has been in court now, Supreme Court three times, a case coming at this next year on, on Creative, 303 Creative. It's all about this group is demanding that everybody else affirm them and participate with them and do what they do, and that's just not the way the, the world works. So there's a very different thinking uh, that's out there with this group than there is with practically any other group in the nation. I don't know if any Christian group going to court, demanding that everybody participate with them in their Christian practices, that you all have to be Baptist or support Baptist, or you all have to be Catholics or support Catholics. It just doesn't happen except in this group. And so this Ninth Circuit ruling out of uh, Oregon, particularly related to Title IX and colleges and and universities, uh, it's it's really good for Christian colleges and universities. Well, note to self, uh, send this program over to all the executives at the National Hockey League. Um, We want to make sure they buy into what you just said, that, you know, you don't make everybody affirm and celebrate everybody else's belief, right? This player, I I can't pronounce his name, and I don't follow hockey, but apparently he's Greek Orthodox, and he said, I'm not going to wear a pride shirt and all that. And, man, they're coming down on him like it's the end of the world. And he's just saying, hey, I just don't think I ought to have to, you know, I I respect them. They can have their belief. Now they can respect my belief. Interesting. Well— I will say, though, the fans largely supported because his jersey sold out of so many stores online. No kidding. Basically overnight. (laughs) And so, I mean, yes, this is, I mean, we can kind of tongue-in-cheek say, hey, let's send this to the NHL so the National Hockey League can see what's going on. But I think the fans are sending that message. that's great. When, right, this guy's jersey is selling out on so many different online stores, you, you can hardly find his jersey anywhere anymore because people are tired of this wokeness. They're, they're tired of having someone tell them, you have to believe what we want you to believe. You have to go where we want, when we want, do what we say, how we say it. People are tired of this woke culture trying yeah. to make everybody else be woke. And so when someone actually has the guts to stand up, and how crazy is it, right, that you're looking at somebody from another country 
in America who's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this, right? I mean, you would think, like, I would I would have hoped it would have been an American with some strength and courage and enough, right, like pride in their faith and, right, guts in themselves to stand up. But I love seeing when people stand up. I didn't realize that, so he's not American. I, I did see the best, maybe the best Babylon Bee meme yet had a picture of him at his press conference where all this happened. And the uh, the B said, uh, this is tongue-in-cheek, folks, so don't write in hate mail. The B said, uh, National Hockey League player says if he wanted to support the gays, he'd be playing soccer. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. I just thought that was so funny. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, by, by the way, this goes back, uh, you know, it's got to go back years. I have not heard this phrase in a long time, but we used to have what we called the silent majority. And we were very cognizant yeah. of the silent majority, and you didn't ever want to get them stirred up. And even in politics, you knew that there was a silent majority. And, I, you know, in this culture, if there is a silent majority, which, Tim, it appears there is, if everybody's buying his jersey and that's selling out and whatever, that's the same thing we saw with Disney. People were quiet until Disney re- went really woke, and then they lost $1.5 trillion and a quarter. So, you know, if that's what the case is, quit being the silent majority. At this point in time, you got to speak up. And if you speak up ahead of time, maybe we can stop a lot of this nonsense from happening because they do it because they think there is no majority. They think they are the majority. And at some point in time, we got to demonstrate to them that they're not the majority, that there's a bigger group that they need to be aware of as well. So that'd be a good thing to, to speak up. And guys, this is something that as people are listening, like we, we are people that do research and look things up and might, we probably should have done more research first. I'm looking up now. Uh, so Ivan Provorov. Uh, is Russian Orthodox, and, and I just saw the name, and I assumed uh, when I saw Russian Orthodox, because I, I, when I saw this report initially, um, that I was thinking, oh, he probably came from Russia. So I, I have no idea what his Actually, immigration status was. No, you're right. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm also looking. We're doing our research as we're doing our show, folks. But uh, but yeah, and I say Greek Orthodox. He's you're right, Russian North, and he's a, and and at least according to the all knowing Wikipedia, he's a Russian professional ice hockey defenseman that plays for the Philadelphia. Wait a minute, what, what word did you just use? I, I thought that was a banned word on our program. Which one? Did you use Wikipedia? Did you really say yeah. Wikipedia? <laughs> I, I know I should be looking that up on ESPN, right? That, that would be the. I, oh, I did that, find the quote, though. I got to read you guys the quote. He said, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I mean, he's just basically saying, I'm respecting you guys. Why can't you respect me? I mean, that's, that's you know, it's the old Frank Turk thing about when people say, you know, don't don't be judgmental. And Frank always says, All right, "Does that mean you're judging me for being judgmental?" Anyway, I I just think the guy ought to, is a hero, and I never heard of him before, and I haven't ever been to an NHL game. So this is uh, I just might have to buy that jersey you're talking about, Tim. Well, I think it's sold out, but you can get it in line. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, what, what's your next piece of our first piece of good news today? Well, let's stay in in the sports realm. This one is for quarterback Josh Allen from the Bills. I, I think it was last Friday uh, we talked about. Demar Hamlin, the the defensive player who uh, had a cardiac situation on the field and uh, was carted off. Right, they shut the game down between the Bills and the Bengals, and and, and all that's unfolded. Uh, with that being said, at this point, what's interesting is there, there was a report that came out. I think it was just last week, and Josh Allen was on a podcast, and he said he's had a spiritual awakening based on what has happened with Demar Hamlin, and, and even he said the team's a locker room. His his heart, the whole thing has changed since the incident. And and on this podcast, he went on to say, he said, look, I said this in the press conference the other day. There was just kind of a spiritual awakening really for me and for a lot of the other people and and maybe didn't have the strongest beliefs or wasn't one of the the biggest, strongest Christian followers. 
He went on to say, I'll be the first to admit, like, I haven't been the most devoted Christ follower in my life. I've had my different beliefs and thoughts and ideas and stuff like that, but something got a hold of me there, and it was extremely powerful that, you know, I, I couldn't deny it. And, and it's great in this interview as he unfolds this notion that in the midst of what was right seemingly a tragic situation, could have been very bad, and thank God that Mar Hamlin seems to be well and, and, and coming back recovering well, but one of the things that then happened is their uh, final regular season game against New England uh, on the opening kickoff, the Bills kick returner ran the ball 96 yards back for a touchdown, and the fans were quick to point out it had been three years and three months after Hamlin, who wore number three, had last returned a kickoff. And so, right, because he was number three and it was three months and three years and there's another kickoff return, you know, they're, they're seeing things. And I don't know if we could say this is really spiritual or God, but because they're awakened to God, Josh Allen said that he was going around to his teammates saying, man, God is real. You can't draw that one up. You can't write that one any better. God is real. And right, so whether God is the one who divinely orchestrated the kickoff return or right, however that falls, whatever your faith and theology tells you, what is cool is that the Buffalo Bills team, Josh Allen, it was so awakened to spiritual reality because of what they saw in God protecting and keeping alive DeMar Hamlin, that even now looking on the football field, they're still seeing the reality that there is a God. He involves and intervenes in the affairs of men on occasion and at times throughout what we're doing. And it's just cool to have a a quarterback from a very prominent team, a very skilled athlete, open about faith. And having even, he said he was a Christian, just wasn't, right, wasn't really sure about all this Christian faith, but there's a bit of spiritual awakening. And guys, that's really cool. And I'll add to that, that I think that game when that run back occurred, uh, I think NBC was covering that. And Tony Romo was the, the commentator, as I recall, in that game. And Romo got off into talking about how that when DeMar went down the, the week before, two weeks before, that so many people started praying for him. And Tony just went into this this long piece on how many people were praying for him and what it had done to awaken this the spiritual stuff with those guys. And I've never heard that from Tony Romo, which I thought was really interesting. So it may have awakened something in him as well. But for sure, he was talking about what he saw with the other players. Well, and, and probably not on air in that capacity, right? Because At least, that's I mean, right. we do know that that Tony Romo and Jason Witten, when they were on the Cowboys together, um, that that they did on occasion talk about faith and Christianity. Yeah. Uh, yep. However, yeah, to do it on national television uh, in the middle of a game, certainly interesting. And it does seem, again, to indicate that that in, in a lot of the sports realm, we've talked about this a lot on Good News Friday, whether it's in collegiate sports or professional sports, that there are a lot of athletes that are, are waking up and are getting prominent positions to have a voice to speak into a world around them about God and Christianity, the Bible, faith. And it, it's really cool to see. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got more good news. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to Wall Builders. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation, about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com 
and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. After the final victory at Yorktown, the Continental Army awaited the outcome of peace negotiations with Great Britain. Pastor Israel Evans, a chaplain in the Army, proposed to George Washington that they build a structure where church services could be held during the months of waiting. Washington approved the plan and urged his officers to ensure that the soldiers attended service. Pastor Evans further knew if we were to secure the liberties they had fought for, sound education would be crucial. He declared, Every parent and every friend to the freedom of his country ought to be attentive to the improvement of our youth in the principles of freedom and good government. And then the people will stand fast in their liberty for a long time. Our schools today need to return to teaching the principles of freedom and good government in order for America to survive and prosper. For more information about Pastor Israel Evans and other colonial patriots, go to wallbuilders.com. We're back on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. It's Good News Friday. We're going to dive right back into some good news. Uh, usually it's Dave and Tim giving all the good news. I just was going to add kind of pile on, guys, to these sports stories. Tony Dungy, uh, part of the March for Life, you know, two-time uh, Super Bowl champ, once as a player, once as a coach, and, um, you know, does a lot of lot of speaking in churches and things like that across the country, and uh, just kind of cool that he was at the March for Life. Uh, you know, a lot of the leftists in the sports world criticizing him for that, but others like Jason Whitlock defending him and just goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Tim. Just uh, more and more, those Christian leaders in the sports community are finding their voice and uh, and and getting more and more uh, courageous and speaking out. Good stuff. Good stuff. And by um, the way, that's that's really a good thing. Everybody needs to let their light shine a lot brighter. We need a lot yeah. more voice. We need the the culture being more God conscious, and that does not happen if we're if we're silent. You know, Jesus says, "Hey, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father." So if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. We need to start standing up for our faith with a little more boldness and quit being intimidated. And so what if they make fun of us and persecute us? Scripture says everybody that lives godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So if somebody's not roughing you up in some way verbally, you're probably not living your faith the way you ought to. So I just encourage everybody to do the same kind of thing. You're going to get beat up like Dungey did for just stepping out there and standing for what's right. But that's good, and that helps the next generation see that there are leaders who have that faith and that position. Uh, this That's really good stuff. We all need to do more of it. Amen. Amen. All right, David, back to you, man. Uh, next piece of good news. This goes to First Amendment, and we were talking about the, the, the court case uh, last segment and what happened with that court case out of Oregon upholding the rights of, of Christian colleges, et cetera. And it's just probably a good time to look back over the last year, particularly the, the wins we had at the Supreme Court, because now we're into a new year. So let me go back over Supreme Court wins for the last, let's say, two years, two sessions, because we've had a lot. Instead of having a Supreme Court victory on religious liberty every four or five years, which is what it had been for decades before, uh, we had, I think it was five Supreme Court wins just last year. And, and it's just good to remember what they are, because now if we it was will the summer be aggressive— su- Summer of love, David. That's what we're going to call it, the summer, summer of, love of love of liberty. <laughs> Uh, from yeah, that's the right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Some, summer of rediscovering the Constitution would be yes. a good one, too. Yes. And because of these these cases, we now, if we'll have the courage and boldness, 
can step out and do things we have not done, many of us in our lifetimes. And so we have, we have more First Amendment rights restored to us than we've had since the 60s. So if you were born after the 60s, you don't know what it was like before the 60s, but we're going back to that type of constitutional protection. So with that, and by the way, to show how things have shifted, um, Cato and some other groups have done polling on First Amendment. There's five freedoms in the First Amendment that are protected by the First Amendment. One of them is freedom of religion, and less than half of Americans know that freedom of religion is, is protected by the Constitution. And actually, 30% of Americans think the First Amendment got it wrong when they gave protection for free speech. So you're looking at 30% of Americans who don't want you to be able to express yourself, your beliefs, etc. Nonetheless, the Constitution guarantees that. So going back to last year, a case that didn't get much coverage, but it's called Ramirez versus Collier, and it came with a, a inmate in Texas who was executed on death row. Uh, apparently in prison, he came to the Lord, came to Christ, had a strong conversion experience. And as he was being executed, he wanted his pastor to be able to lay hands on him and pray for him as, as he was moving into eternity. And the the Texas prison board said, no, nope, can't do that. We're not going to let that, that kind of stuff happen. And the Supreme Court came back in a near unanimous ruling and said, no, no, no. If that's his faith and expression, that's okay for, for a pastor to do that, to lay hands on him and pray for him as, he, as he's passing in the next world. So that's a big religious liberty victory. Uh, there is one shirtlift, the city of Boston. We had Matt Staver on about that. That's where the, the city of Boston flew like 216 to 17 uh, flags at City Hall, but would not fly a Christian flag. Again, a unanimous decision. The court said, no, 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 you, you can't exclude Christianity out of that. Uh, Carson versus Malkin, uh, state of Maine said, hey, we're going to fund education, educational choice. We'll let parents put the money for choice at where they want, unless it's a religious school. You can't put your money at a religious school. Now, wait a minute. Why not? And the court said, yes, you can. If you're going to make money available, it gets to go to everybody. You don't exclude religion out of that. Uh, we had the case, the 6-3 opinion with Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. Coach Kennedy, who had prayed on the field after the game, and, and he was fired for that. And the court said, no, you can't do that. And the big victory in that was the court said, hey, the lemon test that we've used since 1971, it's now off the books, which means the court just reversed 7,300 court decisions that used the lemon case to reach wrong conclusions. Uh, lemon case said you can't have nativity scenes in public. You can't pray in school. You can't put the Ten Commandments up, etc. The court said all of that goes out the doors. That's why I'm saying we've got more religious liberty than we had you need to start doing some of these practices, and when you get challenged, hey, there's a lot of legal groups that'll that'll come to your aid and say, no, no, court made it really clear last last this year, this past year, 2022, that you can now do this. Uh, so there were all sorts of cases like that. There's one at the court this year, 303 Creative, which deals with this LGBTQ stuff. Can you force a a website designer? to design a website for a belief and lifestyle she doesn't agree with. And so that's a, a big one out. But we've had a lot a lot of wins. And even going back to the year before, I mean, that there was one called Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, uh, where that the Catholic Social Services was told you can't be part of the state process because you want to place adopted kids and child services in homes with a mother and a father, and we're not going to let you do that. And the court said, no, you're going to let them do that. Uh, we had one, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe School versus Morrison Barrow, where that the ministerial exception, I mean, they just, they've done so much in recent years to extend religious liberty, so we just need to be aggressive with that. Good news on what's happened in the courts. All right, Tim, we've got time for another piece of good news before we close out today. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like that just ran through like 15 of these court <laughs> decisions, which in fairness, right, our stack has been so huge for so long, we probably uh, have to do some of that. It, it, actually, uh, over the uh, the Christmas break, uh, we did go through and we're like, man, some of these are, are so old now, we just need to... We need to rotate these off, and we have enough good news now. We'll keep going. So not to discount the validity of, of how many you just went through, but for this last piece, uh, looking in West Virginia, the, the, the title of the article says, States Push to Ban Credit Card Companies from Tracking Gun Sales. And this is something that we, we've we seen in Texas. There's some red states moving that direction. But specifically, in West Virginia, they have a new House bill, and it's titled the Second Amendment Financial Privacy Act. And in this... It says a financial institution may not disclose financial records in a manner that singles out or discriminates against any person based on activities protected by the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. Now, this is something also that uh, for those who have listened to the Wobbler show very long, uh, you probably have heard the West Virginia State Treasurer Riley Moore. He was a speaker at our legislators conferences last fall. We've had him on the program before. But Riley Moore came out and said, woke activists in Congress and their allies on Wall Street continue to find new ways to undermine our freedom and way of life. The Second Amendment Financial Privacy Act will protect West Virginians from efforts to create a de facto national gun registry using credit and debit card Record. So, guys, th- this is really good news and encouraging. It's something that we knew pushback had to happen uh, in September of last year. Visa, MasterCard, American Express all announced that they would begin assigning specific category codes to all sales from gun shops or gun-related purchases from sporting goods stores. And, and U.S. law explicitly prohibits the federal government from creating a registry of gun owners. Because yeah, I think it was the ATF that asked the credit card companies to do this. I think it was the federal government that asked the credit card companies to track. So it's the federal government using private businesses to do what the federal government's not allowed to do. And I think that was the, the basis for that that whole measure was ATF said, we want to know who's buying guns. We want to know who's got them. And I think that's what is behind this is the ATF. Yeah, these, these public-private partnerships where the government is using other groups, other businesses to do their bidding for them. But again, the good news is you are seeing individuals in states. Ken Paxton did this in Texas, uh, Riley Moore, is leading the charge in West Virginia. You have leaders in states who are pushing back. And and, and this is ultimately what we will continue to have to do. It also is a great indication of why it matters, the people that we vote for, the people that we elect. Because when you elect leaders who have courage and backbone, who understand the Constitution, who believe in defending the Bill of Rights, then you can get great things done in your state. So this is good news coming out of West Virginia. So much good news to share. We can't get to all of it, but we hope you got some today, got enough today to Encourage you going into the weekend. If you'd like more good news, it's available on our website, wallbuilderslive.com or wallbuilders.com. And, of course, when you're on the website, that is a great opportunity to come alongside us. How do you do that? Well, a couple of ways. You can donate. Of course, the finances make it possible for us to reach more people. Every time you donate, that is an investment in freedom. Every time you donate, it makes it possible for us to train more pastors and legislators and young people and uh, all of the folks that listen to the program, citizens engaged in their local community. So thank you to everyone across the country that's been doing that on a regular basis. Whether you donate once a year or once a month, however works for you, thank you for all of you participating in that, and thank you for considering doing that today. You can also come alongside us and Lock Shields with us by just simply taking action in your community by following some of the things that we talk about here on the program, become a Constitution coach and host biblical citizenship at your church or in your home or one of the other courses. There's so many ways you can get a ball. Check it all out at wallbuilders.com today. Thanks so much for listening to The Wallbuilder Show. We stand undivided.